It's the Fedora Chronicles radio show for the week of February 1st, 2020. Gabbard versus Clinton, part one. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Renderking Fisk, share updates about the author's interview from hell and how you can tell when the author's publicist is fake and is lying to you. Who is the most important person when it comes to a podcast? Spoiler alert, it's you, the listener. Then, Jay and I talk about the defamation lawsuit Tulsi Gabbard filed against Hillary Clinton and how this issue is not going away easily or quickly. We're in this for the long haul, folks. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime and the paranormal. You can listen to our podcast on Apple's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Federal Chronicles radio show, let us know and we'll fix that right away. And don't forget, you're always welcome to become a Patreon and support the show. Go to patreon.com slash Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. People don't know is that for the past two months there's been an author who's been begging to come on to the Fedora Chronicles radio show and talk about a book that he that he wrote and I read the book I'm probably one of the few people who have actually read the book cover to cover in doing the show prep and there are really great segments in the book but there's also paragraphs that are just like it's just word salad and English is not his original language and I and I'm just chalking it up to is just lost in the translation. That's what that's what I'm chalking it up to. Yeah, which makes sense, right? And giving the giving him the benefit of the doubt because he talks about um, I don't even know what what category to put it under. It's 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 clearly under lost civilization slash ancient aliens. Okay. Yep. And. It's a it's a topic a specific topic within the realm of ancient civilizations and ancient aliens that not no, not a lot of people have written books about and a lot of this guy's book is about his own personal spin on this specific topic and his and his journey into the location where a lot of this story takes place and it's. It's really, it's really about him and his thoughts on every aspect on this topic. And the, the only nugget that I'm willing to actually share with our listeners is that he devoted, I think it's at least an entire chapter, into trashing Eric Von Donegan, who is probably one of the biggest names in, in the realm of ancient aliens. He's the guy who brought ancient aliens to the forefront, to the paranormal com- community. Tell me if tell me if, yeah. if if he isn't the first guy to use that phrase, which he might be. He might even be the first guy to use the phrase right. ancient aliens. He's definitely one of the first. Clearly, yeah. he's one of the first. You can't seriously talk about ancient aliens without his name coming right. up. Right. And his publicist sent me a copy of the book, and um, and I'm also getting I'm also getting a phone call from somebody. And oh shit. 
I gotta hold on a second. I gotta see if I can take this. Hold on a second yep. here. Hello, it's Eric Fisk. Well, I'm actually recording an episode of the podcast right now. Um, yeah, could, could I call you back in an hour? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. That that was at, literally that was actually the publisher returning my call. The, the publisher, not the publicist. The publisher, the, yes. uh, the 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 woman who is the publicist for the publishing company who published this book about this ancient alien slash lost civilization topic. Okay. Right. All right. And which which is a story in and of itself. Right. Your conversation with them. With them. So the th- so the thing is is that um the the book publisher's publicist has been sending us copies of of books in the hopes that we would interview these authors. And we have some exciting titles that are literally sitting on my desk. I think you actually I think you actually rested your drink on on the stack or one of the stacks well, th- this weekend. Dude, I mean, that's entirely possible. As I recall, by the time I was resting my drink down, I had already drained it a couple of times. So, okay, so it could it could be it's it's a good stack, and and I have this one stack on uh, um on uh, that has like six like I've I've segregated the books, really great titles, interesting topics that I think that our our listeners would love, without a doubt. And then we have the other stack of books of the kind of like you got to be fucking crazy <laughs> if you think I'm going to interview these people. <laughs> See, now that makes me want to read the uh, Are You Fucking Crazy pile. That's just... Uh, yep. The book publisher's publicist has been, has been very good to us and yes. has, been very, has been very understanding with us that um, she understands that there's some things that are just not in our bag. Um, Good. but, but yeah. and, and she'll, but, what you want when you people you're dealing with, right? You know, they don't want, you don't want them sending you random crap that you would have no interest in doing. Right. And I wanted to, and I wanted to get in touch with the, the publisher's publicist and let her know, no hard feelings, but we're not doing an, we're not doing an interview with one of these authors who wrote the book on the ancient aliens slash lost civilizations book. For a whole host of reasons. We actually talked about this. We did it in an hour and 17 minutes with, on an interview that was garbage. The audio quality in its of itself, just the audio quality period was right. unusable. Right. And, and just to clarify, that basically means that the audio was so bad, even if you were to publish it, people wouldn't necessarily be able to hear it clearly and all of that. Yeah. And I'm talking. That's leaving aside the, the guy himself. Right. right. And the thing is, I'm talking, literally, I'm talking to you, our listener, right now. I'm talking to you, you guys. You would have been so angry with me for putting this podcast up online as it was, even if I edited it, even if I put, did all of my magic. You would have been so angry with me for, for making you listen to this horrible episode. A lot of you would have, like, I think you would have been insulted by this podcast like thinking eric we put up with a lot of your shit but this is one pile of shit that's too big for us to put up with and and just unsubscribe i mean i i could i'm telling you right now it was that bad it was like the howard the duck (laughs) of 
of, of episodes. <laughs> of interviews. Of interviews. Because the thing is, is that Howard the Duck has all these great pieces, all these, like, all this great material. But the actual execution is awful. It's in, it's, and it was embarrassingly bad, Jay. So um, I recorded the interview. I tried to listen to it. I tried to edit it. I, I tried to work some of my magic. And it, and I, it was not working. It, it wasn't working. And so the author kept hounding me. Keep in mind, this is the same guy who kept calling me like several times a day, practically begging me to record an episode of the podcast. And not only begging to do an episode, like doing it like right now. We have to do it right now. Like I demand that, that we do this episode right now. Right, which is outrageous for someone to say just in general. Right. Right. You know, I mean, you wouldn't call you wouldn't call a lawyer and demand a meeting right now. You wouldn't call you know what I mean? Right. It's just it's not a professional right. way of going about things. And all and and the thing is that I we had a date set that we were going to record an episode of the podcast. And leading up, leading up to that day, I couldn't get in touch with him because there are things that's like, here's the questions. Here's the questions that I'm going to ask you. Here's the show prep I've already done. And it was like, let's nail down a day. Couldn't actually nail down a time because he, he wouldn't respond to me. On the actual day, like it was a Wednesday at eight o'clock, he contacted me and it's just, no, no. We agreed that we were going to do this today. We're going to do it today. We're going to do it now. And, I, and I'm kind of like after, and this is like after the fiasco with um, the appliances coming into the house. And I, yep. and, I, and I tried to make it absolutely, totally, perfectly clear. We're not prepared. And, I'm, and I don't like the vibe I'm getting. Right. I fi- and, and I mean, I was getting a lot of texts. I was getting texts on my phone and instant messenger. And, um, and I, and there's a, something that I just said to Carol and, and Carol kind of shrugged her shoulders. This if it sucks, you can delete it. Right. All right. So it's a sensible way of thinking of it. Really. Right. And so I, so we recorded the episode starting at 10 o'clock and it ran until 11, 17, and he was just fucking rambling. And there's all sorts of background noises. Somebody with the TV, somebody with the cell phone, uh, there's somebody else in the room making all kinds of noise, people walking around. There were times that he was so far away from the microphone, you couldn't hear him. It, it, it was like the audio level was like in the, in the mud, and he wasn't even next to the microphone. And he had this long, drawn-out word salad. Couldn't understand a fucking word he was saying. And I kept thinking while I was recording this, I'll, I'll, I'll try and edit in post. And meanwhile, I said, hey, so let me get us some clarification. Let me stop you right there for a minute. Didn't fucking hear me. Kept talking and talking right. and talking. Now, he was on, like, speakerphone, right? I so, guess. I guess. So, it was over Skype. It, so, some speakerphones, it depends on the phone you're using. I know some speakerphones, as long as you're talking, it's either on uh, receive mode. I, in other words, receiving the sound you're putting right. out. Right. Or it's on uh, project mode where it's projecting the sound that the other right. talkers are, right. speakers are doing. Right. I mean, that doesn't, it, it doesn't even sound like an interview. It sounds like a, a fucking rant just from one. It really was. It was, and it was this long, what, the part that I could actually hear 
was it was it was jumping all over the place. And and after trying to work with, I said I, I said fine. So I texted him, and I said the audio is unusable for the reasons why I already stated. Not to repeat myself and bore the hell out of our right. listeners. Right. It's un it's unusable. And also, I'm a little angry at the level of disrespect that you gave me and the listeners by not taking it. You begged to be on the podcast. And then when you're finally, we're finally recording, you can't be bothered to actually do an interview. And then he sent, he sent me a message. I don't know if I should read it or not. He'll know, he'll, he'll, he'll know. So, um, and he told me to, um, I'm giving him nothing but trouble, delete the audio file and go fuck myself. And then he unfriended me on social media. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And I, and, and I did exactly what he requested. I deleted the audio because God fucking help me. If this audio is like somehow my laptop is hacked and the audio makes it out into the universe. And right now that's when, when you say that God help you, what you really mean is he could sue your ass. Right. If after he says delete the audio and I don't re- delete the audio and, and I promise you. If if I if I re, I released this audio, if I released this podcast, he would be the freaking laughingstock of the paranormal community. I promise you that. And there's a part of me that feels as if I'm not only protecting myself, I'm kind of protecting him as well. Because it's in- well, that's that's kind of the funky thing, isn't it? I yeah. mean, when you when I would think that if I had published a book and I was doing an interview with somebody and they said, "Look, the the, the interview is is unusable." I would want to know why, and I want to want to know what I could do to correct it. Right. Because chances are, if the interview is so bad that the person who's doing the interview doesn't want it broadcast, I probably don't either. No. You know, it may it may not be that it makes me look like an asshole or anything like that. It may be just that you know it, it's if if it's a disjointed interview, it's a difficult interview. You know, think of like some of the interviews that. <laughs> some of the interviews that were on late night TV shows, you know, right. like that one with um, Joaquin Phoenix when he was pretending he was doing some sort of set piece or whatever thing like that. Right. He was trying to do performance art, basically. He was trying to do performance art and he didn't let anyone else in on the joke. And so, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Dave. Are you talking about Dave Letterman? David Letterman, yeah. David Letterman, who's done, I mean, thousands of interviews right was struggling to get anything out of the guy that just makes that doesn't make dave david look bad it doesn't make letterman look right that made walking phoenix look like an idiot you know yeah and he's lucky that he's a talented enough actor that there was a lot of forgiveness for that but if you're just starting out and you're being interviewed by someone who's done other interviews before and it comes out like shit no one's going to blame the person conducting the interview because they know they're competent you know what i mean right I mean, and the thing is, no, nobody, nobody blames David, David Letterman. Nobody, nobody blames David Letterman for this awful interview that Joaquin Phoenix gave right. David Letterman. It's all kind of like, what the fuck was Joaquin Phoenix smoking or drinking before he took the stage? And why wasn't he sharing? Uh, exactly. It just, it, it just fucking drives right. me nuts, you know, because then, then he gets mad at you. Right. You know, you haven't even gotten into the personal attacks. Right. So, so yeah, and the thing is, so the thing is, is that, and I told him the file is unusable. 
Now, then he told me he wanted the file to put it out, put to, to do what it listen to it or edit it or whatever. And, and I'm just like, I'm no, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. Because the thing is, is that not only not only is it embarrassing for him, it's embarrassing for me. Right. Because you can actually hear me try to interject and try and take control back. And it makes me look a little unprofessional because I can't I can't control the interview. It makes me sound it made me sound weak and, and dumb a little. Well, that's just it. But I mean, you're not going to you're not going to put on an interview. That's going to make you look bad. You're not going to put on an interview. that's going to make the person you're interviewing. Right. Look bad for the same reasons. And here's another thing. If I release this interview and it is awful, what would make an, an author want to come on our show after listening to that really awful interview? Exactly. Who would want to who would want to come on the podcast after him after that kind of performance? Obviously it sounds and, and it, obviously it sounds unprofessional. It sounds I mean on 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 three different levels it sounds really unprofessional. Right. And so the thing is, and after he tried to, I mean, he tried to call me at work a couple of times or while I was at work. And the thing is, is that cell phones off and you do your job, which, which I do. And if I, if I, if I can call somebody back during my break and I got a, I got, I got a 15 minute break in the morning, a half hour break for lunch, and then another break in the middle of the afternoon. It's not a lot of time, Right. And I was gonna. Now here's now he had asked if we could do the interview over again, and I was I, I was going to actually call you the morning of my day off and say, Jason, what what do you want to do? Do you want to interview this guy? Do you want to do like a one on one? And keeping in mind, if he's just monologuing, and if you and I try and interject something, we'll just talk over him. <laughs> because can you believe? It see, he may not hear us talking. But all of our listeners, would our, hear listen- us talk. Our, our listeners could definitely hear us. Like this, can you imagine the audacity of this guy? <laughs> right, begging to fucking begging to be first, begging to be on the podcast, begging to be on the Fedora Chronicles radio show, and then when he finally gets on, he cannot have he cannot have an actual conversation. He has to monologue and keep talking and talking and talking. And and I and I and I explained to him what I already explained to you and our listeners. I'm not going to punish our listeners by making them listen to that shitty interview. And then he then out of the blue on the same morning that I was going to talk to you about this and see what you wanted to do, he sends me a message telling me to go fuck myself and delete the file. Like I said, which I already did. And I thought that was the end of it. And then via Skype, he sends me a message calling me a freaking jerk off, and then shuts off his Skype or whatever. I'm like, okay, then it's it's done. It's over. Right. Once you engage in personal attacks against the person conducting the interview, why would you expect the any subsequent communication between the two of you to be civil in any way? Right. I mean, Joe Rogan would have drove over there and stove the guy's head in. Oh yeah. Right. Why why so and so I thought I thought it was done and over with. I thought it was, and there's no reason to talk about this ever again. The situation until yesterday. I had to leave mm-hmm. work early, and I get a phone call. Keeping in mind, earlier yesterday morning, I was in a conversation from somebody from Joe Biden's camp. I was chatting with Joshua from Joe Biden's camp about showing up in Claremont, New Hampshire, 
And the thing is, I took it as, oh, you want us to go up there to interview him. And first of all, it was a message to my wife, not me, but it was through my my text message. And I said, Joshua, right. we would love to meet with Joe Rogan. Not Joe Rogan, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. We'd also yeah. like to do Joe Rogan, too, but that's a different story. <laughs> and he can't help us with that. So, yeah, he's not going to help us with that. We would love to talk to Joe Biden with the understanding, no holds barred, we will ask all kinds of questions. We'll be fair, but we'll be tough and honest. Well, and when we say we'll be fair, he'll know what questions we're going to ask before we do the interview. Exactly. Right? Um, um, and the th so the thing is, is that Joshua had sent us an email to the press coordinator. Okay. And I sent her my, my phone number said, let's talk. Okay. I'm driving, I'm driving home after leaving work early and I get a phone call, no caller ID. And like an idiot, I'm thinking it could be either, either a spam phone call, a phishing phone call. Or it could be somebody from Joe Biden's camp. I don't know. No caller ID. Right. And it's it's a woman with a thick New York City region accent. Oh boy. Right. And she said. Um. And she said, Eric, I'm a representative of this author. And she dropped the author's name, and then the name of the book. And then she says, <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Why did I? Why did I answer that? I should have just let it go to voicemail. Damn it! What was I thinking? I wasn't. I was thinking it's. I was thinking it was Joe Biden's people. You were hoping. I was hoping you it was hoping. Joe Biden's people. You were hoping. Let's be honest. You weren't really thinking. You were just hoping. I was just hoping, yeah. right? And so she. And right off the bat, um, let's re. Like we're going to re. She said it as a declarative statement. We're going to re-record this episode when do you want to reschedule this as if it's already in the bag yeah as if it's, I've it's a foregone conclusion this is a foregone conclusion like i'm going to do this interview and i'd like to point out for the audience this is a master class in how not to do business oh, with someone exactly so and the thing is is that she told me do you think i could just use her first name no, no, no. We'll just we'll just call her uh, publicist or his his publicist. Right. Yeah. So this crazy so crazy lady. <laughs> that works. So that works. so like so, so crazy lady is like saying, "I want to explain the situation to you and what really happened." And I said, "You haven't even heard a word out of my mouth, and already you're calling me a liar." Jeez. I'm not happy with this at all. Yeah. Right? right. And I said, "No, I'm going to tell you what actually happened." Because of the two of you. You were actually there, right? And and, and I, you know, I know that uh, eyewitnesses are unreliable witnesses in court. However, they're still a lot more reliable than someone who heard about what happened. <laughs> right. She got her secondhand information, and then and then I proceeded to after I told her what the author had said and and how everything went down. Um, and then. Um, then I started reading some of the author's texts back to her. And then there was this like, kind of like this weird pause. Well, he's Italian and he's, he, he's hot-headed and hot-tempered. He, he really wants to apologize and make amends with you. So when, can, when do you want to reschedule this interview? <laughs> what makes you think there's going to be an interview? 
<laughs> You're like, okay, when you see the ice coming down to wipe out all of civilization, three days after that. Right. Right. Oh, my. Why would I want to do an interview with somebody who called me an asshole and a jerk off, told me to delete the file and go fuck myself? And then, then the part that I forgot to share is that she wanted me to send her the file so she can listen to it. Right. Once I send the file out, I'm out. It's out of my control. Right. Which is why you said no. Right. Right. Jeez. You wonder sometimes about people. Right. right. It's, it's like, all right, so why would you think I would do that? You know? Why would, why would they think that you would say, oh, well, that makes sense. I'll do this. Sure. Sure. Oh, and then he's and, and then she's making excuses about, you know, like who was in the background and why somebody was making background making noise in the background. And it's not the author's fault. It, it, it's the author's fault because he could not control the environment with all of this. And then and then the, the, the thought had occurred to me. She's a, OK. So she's a publicist for authors. Crazy lady is an is a publicist for authors. And I says, OK. Give me the names of some of the other people that you represent that would also like to be on the podcast. I'd like, why don't you give me two other authors to interview on the Fedora Well, it's a trade-off at this it's point, a right? It's a trade-off. You're, you're, now, yeah. Now, I mean, you're, you're bartering horses. Because right. Because you're like, all right, look, if I got to take the nag that's like three steps away from death and right. won't let anyone ride him, I need to have two usable horses to make it worth my while. Right. I'm not, and, I, and I'm not asking for a lot. And then she's like, "Oh, you, you, you would never have, you would never have heard of these people. You don't, you don't know who they are. And they're sort of like they're reclusive shut-ins, and they're new to the industry. They have no experience with doing interviews of this. Ne <laughs> neither does your client. Right? Your client doesn't have any experience with doing interviews either. Right? So when someone tells you it's unusable." He should have just taken your damn word for it from the fucking beginning. Right. Now you're accusing me of lying. Right. Because I told you it's unusable. Call me back in an hour and we'll talk about this some more. You know, can't, can't we at least talk about this? Right. And it was like, that's code for stay on the phone as long as you can while I talk you into this. So I, I got home. I talked to you for a couple of minutes, I think. Yep. And, and I said, what? And I, and I asked you. What did you want to do? And you basically said, "Fuck up." Okay, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna do the interview because already there's bad blood. Exactly. And the first thing I'm going to do, you know, and the first thing I would do would start the show with, um, "I want to read you something that you wrote, and then read read his last text and see how he would react." Um, telling me to go fuck myself. Yeah. Right. And it was like you had said, that's probably a bad idea. I call the book publisher to talk to the book publisher's publicist. And it's and it's like five minutes after five. And I couldn't get the publicist, so but I got I I I got a hold of the receptionist. And I said, My name is Eric Fisk. Um, I'm from the Fedora Chronicles. I'm talking, I would like to talk to um the publicist about a problem that I'm having with one of the authors. And you could kind of hear her sort of like, what's his name? And I told her the name of the author and the name of the book. 
And then you could actually hear her put down the receiver and she's like, I got another one. I got another. This is number five now. This is the fifth one this week. You owe me a drink or an entree when we go out to dinner. Can you believe it? This is the fifth one this week. No, she's she's gone for the night. Um, can, I, can I take a message? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a message for you, lady. Right. Next time, hit mute. Yeah. <laughs> she's not gone for the. She's not gone for the week. She's gone for the night. She's gone home for the night. Yeah. Right. And um, I'm like, I have her call me back tomorrow, and she's kind of like, okay, <laughs> kind of like she's. They're kind of like, okay, meaning no, don't call us back. We we don't want to deal with this anymore. <laughs> So the author's publicist called me back and said, so let's, right now, let's schedule a time. And then I laid out and I said, first and foremost, I got to get something off my chest. In regards to my podcast, who is the most important person in regards to my podcast? And you could tell- like a fairly simple question to answer. And I'm going to ask you, Jay, in in the realm of this podcast, who is the most important person? The listeners. The listener. I'm not, I am not going to put out an episode of the podcast that I know is shit just because the author did the, quote, courtesy of doing an interview. If it's an awful interview and I know it's shit, I know I'm going to alienate our dozens of listeners. Right. Well, except for my mom. She's still going to listen. Your mom, Yeah. And and there, I think listen if she is it still considered listening if she just has it running in the background and she turns her hearing aid off. Uh, that's a that counts as far as all the all the well it count it counts as a download. There we go. Okay, it counts as a as a download. Now I don't know if that's that's actually good. It's not good for the listeners. And I said why? Right. And here's a question, Jay. Why does he Why does he so desperately want to do an interview with us? Well, that's. The real question, isn't it? I mean, if he got so mad, so angry with you that he felt the need to resort to name calling like a like a child, yeah, why would you want to then insist on another interview? Yeah, you know, I mean, you haven't mentioned yet, but the you told me previously that the publicist, his publicist, that is, said, well. You know what? What do I have to do to agree to to get you to agree to another podcast? Right. And you basically said, "Well, he's got to surgically remove his head from his ass, and you know he can't be he can't have speakerphone. He's got to have an actual I, microphone. He actually he, he actually has to get a decent microphone. Yeah, he, and he has to be sitting in a room where right. he is the only person in the room with a door that closes." So he's not distracted. Right. And he has to freaking listen to the questions I'm asking right. and goddamn answer them. Because one of the things that I had also said is that nobody gives a fuck about this author. Nobody yeah. nobody gives a fuck about this guy. Nobody yeah. is going to listen to my podcast to hear him ramble and ramble on and on and on. Right. For hours at a time. Nobody and to be honest. It's not even that's not even particular to that author. No one wants to listen to Stephen King ramble for hours on end either. Nobody wants to listen to Stephen King monologue on the Fedora Chronicles radio show. People listen to the Fedora Chronicles radio show because they want to hear me ask interesting questions 
and see how I'm going to respond. Right. People they want to they want to hear an interaction between the host, right? I.e., you, right? And the authors, right? That's why they tune in, right? They, they're not tuning in because hey, let's see what random schmuck's going to be spouting off for an hour and a half this right. week, right? And and I and I said he's got to be interested and interesting. He has to be interested in doing the podcast and listening to my questions. Yeah. Okay. He's got to get a decent microphone. He's got to keep his answers short and concise. And if I say, no, go on, let, let's, let's go further. Well, let's explore let's that. Let's explore You'll that. ask a leading question. Right. And clarification or whatever. Right. And I, and I said, if it's another shit interview, I will just delete it and you, you will never call me again. Yeah. He, if we if if we do this, if we do this, you can never. It, it's awful. You can never call me again. Yeah. And on top of that, I want to. I want you to set up interviews with two of the other authors that you represent. Now, keep in mind, she is so desperate to get this author on the podcast. She's willing to call me. And kiss my ass and say that we have one of the most important podcasts in the realm of the paranormal. Basically, she didn't come out and say this, but she she was trying to shine me on and try and convince me. She didn't say it in so many words, but it's like yeah. I'm the next Art Bell. Right. Right. Which, you know, that's all flattering and stuff. Right. We see the numbers. Right. And um, I mean, the and she's like talking about how how great the quality of the show is we do a quality show what was the last episode that you heard that you really liked <laughs> what episode really spoke to you and and then she's she's kind of like i don't listen to podcasts not that's not <laughs> what she said but you, you can hear that going on in the back of her head though yeah oh shit you, you know i mean the fucking fucking say i mean just say something Right. Right. You know, just pull something out of your ass or say, okay, look, I just need to get this guy. I'm trying to do my job. At least I, I would have respect for someone if they had said right. that. Right. I have to I have to make an offer. I have to make an offer. Yeah. You know, I, I have to try and, you know, we're trying to get his him exposure. We think there's, you know, the book has a lot of potential, blah, 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 whatever. We already signed into a three-book deal because he paid someone off or is so-and-so's Uncle, I mean, give us something to right. work with you. Right. Tell because us. as we often say in regards to conspiracy theories, yeah. In when you're there's a lack of information, we will make shit up. Tell it, yeah. And if I've been drinking, you really don't want me making that shit up. No, I really, I re I really do. <laughs> I will, re I really do. <laughs> I want you to make some crazy shit up. So, so the anyway. thing, so the thing is, is that so she's gonna she's gonna call us back in a couple of days to see if whether or not he's met any of these of these benchmarks, if he's crossed right. if he's crossed any of these thresholds, okay. or and, and just between you and me and the three people listening in, dozens, the dozens really of people, not, it's really not gonna happen. It's not it? gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. The minute he told he, the minute he told me he called me an asshole. And to fuck off 
and and delete the audio. Oh, the other part is is that she first of all, she like she's like I had said, she wanted the media that I recorded. Okay? Yeah. And so, then and then no. she wants me and then she wants me to put it in writing. That I, that I, in writing that I deleted that file. And I think she wants me to have it notarized as well. I think that's where she was going. I might be projecting. Just a little. Or there, there might be a point of exaggeration in there. Right. Just a, just a little bit. No, but she, she did tell me that she wanted it in writing that I deleted the file. Of course. Right. Now, this is the part that annoys me, right? Right. Why would she want it in writing? Unless she wanted to hold you accountable for it. Right. You know? So now that is starting off as an acrimonious right. relationship. Right. You know, it's just, the whole thing is just so, it's almost bizarre. Right. Really. It, it's really just kind of so far out there that you just kind of go, okay, so he was talking about the space aliens that landed in Brazil, right? And then uh-huh. they, you know, the the aliens would use the, the people in Brazil. Didn't I see a movie about this where they actually hunted the people and then they had like a little wrist bomb that would blow up? Maybe. You know, I, I, I mean, it's just. It, it things like this just sometimes you you try to understand where the other person's coming from, and you realize that you know drugs are a thing. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man! So the ten thousand dollar question is. Why wouldn't she tell me about the other authors? She wouldn't give me the names of the other authors and try to, um, you know, make it right with us. Make, you know, give us the name of some authors that we could interview and promote them as well. Now, here's the other thing that's interesting to me, right? The publisher called earlier today. So you're, you're going right. to have to return the, that call. Right. The, the publisher called. Right. So now... The way I understand the relationship between the author, the publisher, and publicist is usually the publicist works for the publisher. Right. Typically. Right. Unless the author is so well known, like Brad Thor or um, Stephen King, or, you right. know, you, unless they're wealthy enough where they can afford their own publicist. Right. So it, their publicist actually reports to the publisher, right? Because they're trying to make more money for right. the publisher. They really are not there to manage the the author so much yeah. as they are there to promote the book, right? Right. So there is a slight difference there of what's going on. Now, if that is genuinely the case here which I have no choice but to assume it is because that's as, as least as far as my understanding goes. Right. Then it would be in that publicist's best interest to introduce other authors, right. i.e. books, to, to you in order for you to read them and then interview the authors. Right. So it doesn't make any sense that a publicist would not be willing to give right. you the names of other people. One of the things that I think maybe you should ask and it's easy for me to say this because I'm not the one that's going to be talking to him, is when you talk to the publisher, say, just name drop, is so-and-so the, who is so-and-so the, um, 
the publicist for this author, do they work for you? No, because he, I had a really bizarre conversation with them, or a bizarre couple of phone calls. Or well, it, well, here, here's the part that maybe I did not elaborate enough on Jay mm-hmm. is that she made it the author's publicist made it perfectly clear that she took this author on as a client because this client, the author, is devastated that things went sideways so badly between he and I. So she took him on as a client because he had a bad interview. Right. With me. The fuck is she smoking? Well, and when I asked, and here's the thing, and I, I, I asked her for her last name. She wouldn't mm-hmm. give me her last name. It's his mother, isn't it? I don't know. He's, he's trying to promote little Johnny's book. Or his wife. I don't, I don't know who or she is. She gave me her email address. And I looked up the email address via Google, and she's not attached to any agency that I can find. Right. This is all really freaking bizarre. Yeah, I would. I would still pursue that with you know with the right. You know, say, hey, have you dealt with his publicist at all? Because she's as crazy as he is. Right. You know, when talking to the publisher. Right. My expectations will be like he has a publicist. I, I yeah. Because normally. Legal contracts for publishers state that the author will work with the publisher to yeah. promote the book. And if he has his own publicist, he's probably in violation of that contract. I, don't, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've written a book. It was absolutely awful. No one published it for obvious reasons because it was absolutely awful. Right. But as I understand things from, from my own research, having looked into it, is... You agree to work with the publisher to promote the book, and yep. the publishing, the promotion of the book falls on the publisher. Right now, that's a standard publishing model. There's, of course, Vanity Press and all that other kind of happy shit. In which right. case, you're taking on all of that responsibility. But just doesn't make sense to me. There's so much about this that you just uh, that the more you talk about, the more I go. But what? But but but, but yeah, it's it. None of it's making sense. Nothing it's just really fucking weird. Nothing makes sense about this. Nothing at all makes sense. Like this. Like why is it that? And here's a little nugget of information that ought to be ought to be shared with everybody. Nobody has reviewed his book on Amazon. He has zero stars. Nobody has has reviewed the book on Amazon. Nobody has. Nobody, nobody's done anything with this book online. It's so like, it's a New York Times bestseller is what you're saying. It's a real fucking page turner. And yeah, and, and nobody, nobody will touch this book. I have it like propping up a bad leg on, my, on, on one of my nightstands. Maybe I should actually crack it open and read it. Yeah. See, you know, out of the morbid curiosity now. <laughs> Yeah. Just, uh. All right. All right. So let's talk about Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton here for a second or two. Oh, boy. All right. So the yeah. thing is, is that earlier this week, and Jay and I are recording uh, Thursday morning, January 23rd. And the earlier the news of the week is that Hillary Clinton gave an interview to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, to, to promote her documentary on Hulu. And one of the things that Hillary Clinton had said that I thought was really disturbing was that she really went after Bernie Sanders. 
like she said, nobody likes Bernie Sanders. Nobody likes to work with him. Nobody will compromise with him. Basically, nobody likes Bernie Sanders and blames Bernie Sanders for one of the reasons why she lost the 2016 general election. Well, there was that whole pesky point where he actually won the Democrat nomination and then they gave it to Hillary anyway because of shenanigans. There's a lot of shenanigans. And Donna Brazile wrote an entire book about how she uncovered the fact that, yes, there were shenanigans in the DNC and that it was a rigged primary against Bernie Sanders to favor Hillary Clinton, who bailed out the DNC after she raided it. Right. It's amazing how you go to the person who stole all your money when you need money. Yes, exactly. So to make a short story long, people were outraged that she would actually say this about Bernie and how nobody wants to work with Bernie. Okay. Right. And, and then the very next day, because people had piled on her, people were brutal to her on Twitter and saying like, how dare you? After everything Bernie had said, how dare you say this? And then she turned around and, said, and had released a statement on Twitter, I'll work with anybody, whoever is the nominee, because our goal is to beat Donald Trump. And it was a bit of a controversy and everything was sort of dying down until this morning. And I don't know if you received this. Um, I don't know if you received the file that I sent you. Oh, the, the link on about... Uh the press release from Tulsi about it, how she's suing. Right. If you go to... If so you, you sent me that link, and then you also sent me a link to the lawsuit itself. Right. But frankly, it's in legalese, and it's too early in the morning for me to Okay. So the thing is, is that this is a press release from Tulsi's campaign. Rep. Tulsi Gabbard files lawsuit against Hillary Clinton over defamation statements. I'm not sure if I'm going to read the entire paragraph. It's like... Yeah, let's, it? just, let's sum up. It's, it's two paragraphs. Basically... Right. Um, Tulsi goes on to say that it's not, and also, I also started to read the 14-page document. It's not just one time when Hillary Clinton claims that, that Tulsi is a Russian operative. Let's also remember that Tulsi Gabbard is, is um, she's in the United States Army as an officer. I believe, right. I, I believe she's a major in yep. the U.S. Army. Yep. She's also... A Congress. Well, she's in the National Guard. She's, she's in the uh, National major Guard. Major in the National Guard. This she's a major in the Okay. And she's also on an, on an intelligence committee in Congress. So right. for her to be a Russian asset. Well, her to be accused of that, at least just in terms of her military standing, means that she is, first of all, she's subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which means treason is a punishable by death offense. That's a firing squad um, um, punishment. However they choose to end your life. The point is they'll fucking kill you. Yeah. So, but I do have to read this quick paragraph here. Yep. Clinton was the 2016 Democratic nominee for President of the United States, United States Secretary of State from 2009 to 2013, a United States Senator for the state of New York, blah, 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 and the First Lady of the United States. On October 17th, 2019, she publicly stated in an interview that, quote, somebody who is currently a Democratic Party... Uh, somebody who is currently in right. the Democratic Party is a favorite of the Russians. Is, yeah, she's a Russian asset. Is a, is a favorite of the Russians. Yeah, she's a Russian asset, unquote. The press... See, now, the whole, here's the question that no one's asking that I'm wondering. 
How the hell would she know? Well, hold on a second here. This is the Sorry. this is the important. Jumping ahead again. Yes, I, I'm not reading the car cowbell quite yet. Okay. The press extensively republished and disseminated these statements, which were interpreted widely as as Clinton asserting that Gabbard is a Russian asset. So apparently, they went to Clinton's people and says, "Who is she talking about?" Oh, yeah, she's talking about Tulsi Gabbard. After the after the interview, her right. Clinton's people said, "Yeah, yeah, she meant she meant Tulsi Gabbard." The complaint seeks compensatory damages and an injunction prohibiting the future publication of Clinton's defamatory statement. The case is Tulsi Gabbard and Tulsi Now Incorporated versus Hillary Rodham Clinton. And you could read the actual document online. Well, I think we're actually going to have a copy of it on, on, on the server. Now, okay. here's my bias. And everybody knows I have a bias, not just against Hillary but against Bill and Hillary right. and the Clinton Foundation and the corruption within not just Trump's White House, not just Obama's White House, but I have been a staunch critic of the U.S. government, regardless of party, for about as long as I've been doing the Federal Chronicles website, my rants and commentary. I'm pretty, I, I, I think that I've earned my street cred. Whereas I have made it perfectly clear, I'm against all corruption within the U.S. government, period. Full stop. Right. Okay? And I have, I have read more than my share of books about corruption within the United States. About maybe a fifth of those books pertain to the Clintons. It's not just Hillary Clinton who is corrupt. There are many different aspects of the U.S. government that is corrupt. This is this is just the latest variation of it. There's also right, now just to clarify, when you say corrupt, you don't necessarily mean that it's pay for play, although you I, that is I, part yeah. of it. You also mean that they actively work more for either a party or a candidate than they do for the right. welfare of the United States as a whole. There's all there is also the pay to play quid pro quo within the United States State Department under Hillary Clinton, funneling money through the Clinton Foundation for favors from foreign nationals. Right, and, which and, is, should be nothing new to anybody. Right, no, and, the thing, and the thing is, is that from everything that I have read, and from all the sources that I've read, I actually look for information because I don't want to believe that 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 the former Secretary of State, the form, a former Senator, and the former First Lady is is committing crimes behind the scenes in the in the White. I don't want to believe this crap. Right. So we're not we're not talking about you know Bill and Hillary Clinton having you know a bunch of people killed or anything like that. No, what we're talking about pure and simple. She wants right. money, right, for favors due to the office she holds, right. which is just the textbook definition of graft. And one of the reasons why we are fans of Tulsi Gabbard is because she comes out and says, yes, there is a conspiracy there with politicians and the military-industrial complex. There is a deep state. It's not the Illuminati. It's, it's, just, yeah. the def it's just defense contractors and their lobbyists corrupting politicians to get what they want she's confirming what is realistic about the the deep state um, 
well, the deep state and the conspiracy theory surrounding it. Right. So when I say that, I mean, there's no organized part of the government that purposefully hides its existence right. from the press, blah, blah, blah. It, no, it's just a simple matter of a bunch of the bureaucrats within the government get money from the industrial military industrial complex and other sources, yep. including Wall Street, various other businesses, big pharma, big farms. Right. Um, Monsanto owns like the, the entirety of the pretty much the entirety of the Supreme Court, right. among other things. Clarence yeah. Clarence so, Tom Clarence Thomas was once a lawyer for Monsanto. Monsanto. Okay. Exactly. And if anyone really wants to dig into this all of this can be found online. Many of it is is publicly available, not on conspiracy theory websites, but just by looking up, you know, looking up Monsanto. Right. I mean, it, yeah. So anyway, continue. And, and so the entire point is, is that Hillary Clinton for years has been targeting people who oppose her. Hillary Clinton has been targeting people and, and trashing and tarnishing their name. When they try and get in front of her or trying to trying to beat her fair and square, like what had happened with the super delegates here in New Hampshire during the New Hampshire primary back in 2016. And other states. And other and states, other- but specifically, specifically because I witnessed it live as it happened. Right. Okay. And you, ha- you have a, she is now an unelected political official. She's, in a, she's a political, I, mean, I don't even know what you call her role. She's a political activist now with a foundation. And as we stated in other episodes, like the episode that we talked about, nepotism, whereas you can hire the child of a former president or a current president or vice president for access, like Hunter Biden working for um, uh, um, uh, Burisma in the Ukraine. But if you're going to interview him, you have to ask him nicely. Of course. Of course. Because the thing is, and here's the thing. I have to watch myself because I got to make sure, like I had said, I want to make sure that if I interview somebody like Joe Biden, I got to do it in such a way, whereas I, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a razor blade tightrope that I have to, I have to be respectful and ask him tough questions, but not be such of a bulldog that people are going to listen to the show and not want to come back on. What's the matter? Carol's coming in to interject. Oh. No, I'm to my All right. Hey, I love you. I'll see you in a little bit. Hi, Carol says hi, Jay. Hi, Carol. He says hi back. <laughs> So I mean, so to make so to make a short story long, and with this entire somebody is finally saying, "You lied to me. You lied about me. You're lying to people about me. You're making these outrageous claims that no have no basis in reality." I'm going. And you know they don't, because that that by the way is is something a defamation lawsuit. As I understand it, I'm not a lawyer. I've gone drinking with lawyers. I've sworn at lawyers. But as I understand it, what makes it defamation is you know that what you're saying is false. Right. You're saying something you know to not be true. Or at the very least, you don't have any reason to believe it's true. So you can say whatever you want about somebody. Right. But if it's something that's going to hurt them and you're saying it with the intent to do harm to them. Right. Whether professionally 
or um, or personally or whatever, that is actually something that you can be sued right, for. Right. Like if I were to say my high school gym teacher was a pedophile without any proof that he's a, he's a pedophile, my high school gym teacher can come back and sue me for defamation because right. obviously I made something up. I lied. Right. I lied to be sensational. Correct. All right. Um, Correct. You and the fact of the matter is, is like now Hillary Clinton has crossed a line. And she's crossed the line with the wrong person. And that, I think, is the more important part. Because she's done this before, and right. she's never been held accountable. She's right. never had anyone go up to her and say, you cannot say that right. about me. with any force or authority behind what it is they're saying. You, can't lie, you cannot lie about people like this. And then Hillary's response, justifiably, I think, because it, that's her, been her experience in her life, is to say, what are you going to do? Yeah, what's yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? She's been doing this for decades. Literally decades. I mean, the thing is is that the the lies that they told about Paula Jones and Juanita Broderick and right. Monica Lewinsky. I mean, they basically called they called Paula Jones a liar in trailer trash. Jim Carvel said, "It's amazing what you'll come up with if you drag a $50 bill through a trailer park." Right. Like, and coming out and saying all of these people who are lying about Bill Clinton are lying because they want a book deal or they're lying because they want money. Right. Why? Which, why doesn't this just because. Right. So the thing that we have to remember is Jim Carville saying it doesn't mean the Clintons said it. No, of course not. Right. But at the same time, it also is. Proof that once Carville said it, now Hillary can say it, or Bill can say it, or their representatives can say it, because they're like, well, according to so and so, you know what I mean? They have that out, and it all this is this is why their fucking legal system is a legal system and not a justice right. system. Today, drawn and bleary-eyed, Mr. Clinton joined the battle to save his presidency. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. He turned his back. Yay! Good for you, Bill. Yay! Well, it turn it turns out that he did lie. He not only did he lie, he told people to lie. And he was right. impeached for it. And this is what the, this is the pattern of you attack your accusers. You attack your accuser and and you deflect. You make it sound like it sounds that sound just that plan in and of itself sounds like a very lawyery thing to right. do, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like something that you would hear people talking about on, like, you know, uh, what what do they call it? SVUs, right? Special Victims Union, or whatever the hell it is, right? You know, that sounds like something you would hear a cop talking about on, or or lawyers talking right. about on a lawyer show, right? You know, if you can't. If you can't defend their statements, you attack the person making sure, them, which is exactly what he did there. Yeah, which goes to show you that he used to be—he probably was a pretty good lawyer before he got disbarred. 
Probably, yeah, most likely. Yeah. Most most likely. But the but the 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 fact of the matter is is that they finally told a lie too big to go unanswered. They, well, they, they finally said it to, uh, to someone who is not afraid to hold them to task. Yeah. You know, I don't think it has to do with the size of the lie necessarily. I think it has more to do with this is, they, they said it to someone or about someone who is not just going to sit idly by and take their shit. I mean, she's suing fucking Google for fuck's sake right. because of the shenanigans they pulled against right. her. This is not a woman who is going to sit back and say, everybody hates me. No, she's going to go right. after them. You know, she is a major, she has seen combat. She is, she was the first, if I'm remembering correctly, she is the first Hindu federal lawmaker. She's a Native American female. I mean, she's, this is a woman who throughout her entire career has had to go against the grain and fight for everything she's got. Right. And you think someone like that is going to take something like this lying down? The idea, the idea that her, the only currency that she really actually has is her integrity. Well, and that's exactly it. And then when, when you're, so you're now attacking the one thing that sets her apart from everybody else. The one thing that she knows she is not guilty of. And she's definitely not going to take that line. No, she and, and I think that I think that this and I keep and I keep saying crazy. I say these crazy things, and I'm not even sure if I actually believe it anymore. I actually believe somewhere deep inside, deep inside, this is a line that Hillary Clinton is has crossed, and there's no coming back from this. Hillary cannot come back from this now. Now that now that you have somebody like Donna Brazil, who wrote a book a year or two ago about corruption within the DNC and the and the financing scheme that occurred just before her watch, and she had to call up Bernie Sanders and said, "This right. is what happened." You have Donna Brazil's book. You have a whole host of people like former Clinton apologists come forward and saying it's not as bad as you think it is. It's actually worse. Um, you, 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 you flip the pages in Dick Morris's book, Rewriting History, about his experience with Hillary Clinton. It's awful and it's ugly. Yeah. In that you, what's the, what is the worst lie you could say about somebody? And you say it over and over and over again. And when your sycophants, when your sycophantic supporters start repeating it as if it's the truth, that's when you know that you have them. That's when you know that you got them. And it's just, it's so sickening, really, because she's gotten away with it. She and her husband have gotten away with it, you know? So I don't see any reason for her to think that this is going to end any differently. I hope, dear God, I hope that it does, it does go differently. I hope that this does come back to haunt her. I hope this does come back to spank her in the ass in light of everything else that's come out. But I got to be honest, dude, there's a part of me that thinks, I don't want to say it's political theater because I think Tulsi is doing this with all honesty in her intent in right. doing it. But I just think it's, it may not, in the end, it may not 
be much of anything, really, you know, which is really unfortunate because if anyone deserves to have their shit called out, it's the Clintons. Right. It's Bill and Hillary. Yeah. Someone very near and dear to my heart is more aligned with them politically, but she despises them because of the kind of people they are. And I know she's not the only one. There's a, there's a, I mean, there, there are a lot of people who, you take me for example, Jay. Yeah. I used to be a Democrat. I, and I voted for the Clintons in 92. I supported the Clintons. I believed in the, I believed in the Clinton brand. I believed in their, in their message. And then it, it took, dude, it, dude, you yeah. never told me that. The hell? Don't have, cause it was, look, it was a, it, <laughs> I was young. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. So I, I was young. I was young and stupid, you know. And yeah. it's and it's yeah. it's a it's a it's amazing what you will say to go along to get along with the with with youth crime. And the more that I read about the Clintons and what they were doing, the more like oh, these people suck. I can't support these people. These people suck. Right. The idea that it's like yeah. if you see Hillary Clinton walking down. Uh, the hallway, you need to duck into somebody else's office while she, so she doesn't like see you. That was like one of the first things that that, that's, that's not right. And like I said, that that can't be true. The more you read into it is, yeah, people are, the more people say it. Yeah. The more people come out and say those things, the more you start thinking, well, maybe it is true. If enough people are saying it, and ironically, that's the same logic behind how these political attacks happen. Yeah. As you said, if you get enough of your sycophants to repeat it, once everyone starts repeating it often enough, you know you've got them. Right. Now the lie has become irrelevant as to whether it's a lie or not, because in the conscious consciousness, the social consciousness, that is the truth. Yeah. And that's just horrifying that people could do that level of manipulation intentionally and maliciously. Right. Like Hillary Clinton, I'm sure, doesn't give two fucks about Tulsi Gabbard. She just cares that Tulsi Gabbard is a possible threat to her right. at some point in time. And t- Hillary is trying to consolidate and maintain her power. I think in her mind somewhere, Hillary's probably thinking, everything's going to blow up with all of these candidates, and then I'll step in, I'll be viewed as a savior, yep. and they'll welcome me with open arms. Right. So she's sowing the the seeds of discontent and discord right. within her own party, which is just despicable to me. Oh, the thing is, is that she has to divide the party because she has to somehow think that she's relevant. She'll say, I mean, right. she'll say mean and nasty things about Bernie Sanders, who could quite possibly win the White House. He could now be. The, he could be the party the, nominee. Now we talked about Bernie last week, right? The right. whole hubbub between her between him and elizabeth warren yeah which isn't doing either of them any favors no absolutely not but you gotta wonder though who leaked that who who started that story yeah you know as you and i mentioned it seems terribly out of character for bernie sanders to say something like that you know he may have said something else and then it was received that way right that we could understand but it seems so unlikely that he would say something that Angry and malicious because it's just out of character for him. Here's a couple of news items that I wanted. This is from New Hampshire here. WBUR. Sanders widens lead in NH in new WBUR poll. Election update. Oh, no, that's not right. 
Uh, the Hill, Sanders tops 2020 Democratic field in New Hampshire. What polls are telling us about Bernie Sanders' ch- chances? There's And there's the thing is that apparently Bernie Sanders is taking a serious lead. Right. And then from a PBS article that you had sent me, this one paragraph says, Sanders has spent decades fighting to transform the nation's political and economic systems, creating a long list of political adversaries along the way. Yeah. Which is why he has such grassroots support. Yeah. Many people connected to Hillary Clinton, for example, still blame Sanders for not working hard enough to support her after their long and bitter presidential primary feud in 2016. Some Democrats still accuse him of not being enough of a team player. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Why should he? What's in it for him? Not to be a dick, but what's in it for him? He got a call from the head of the DNC, Donna Brazile at the time, Yeah, who told him, look, you don't have the nod, and it's because of corruption within our own party. So why the hell would someone like Bernie Sanders want to do anything on behalf of the Democrat Party? It's like these people are expect him to behave like a dog that gets kicked but still comes back to their master going, <laughs> I love you, I love you, you know? He's not going to do that. No. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out because, like as you and I have mentioned previously, they can't really um, – they can't really pull the same shenanigans they did last time. No, they're facing some serious, well, no, serious ne- backlash internally. No, they're within they're, the party. They're, they're, if they do that, no, they're they're doing another. Yeah, they're pulling. They're using a different hand. They're do. They're you know, playing. They're they playing did another shenanigans game. with with the with the financing and stuff like that, and super delegates behind the scenes. Now they're doing it. You know, the whole thing between him and Elizabeth Warren. That's clearly a hit piece. Has to be. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense otherwise. That is not the Hill, the Bernie Sanders. And like to point out, I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders, but I respect him. He has been consistent. Everything I've read about him has been consistent. Yeah. And except this one story seems very inconsistent with everything else before. Yeah. When faced with evidence, you got to follow the evidence, you know? And then you have to follow the money after that. So... I don't know, dude. It's it's crazy. I gotta get going, dude. It's crazy, insane. All right, so they're getting ready. They're gonna do some work on the internet for my apartment today. So I need to be. uh, They're they're starting anytime now. So I don't want to be in the middle of sentence. All of a sudden, just stop. Oh my god, they got to Jay. Don't forget. Hey, listen. No matter no matter what they tell you, Jay was not suicidal. (laughs) He had a lot to live for, and he knew it, man. I know. I know. I know. All right. I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to switch over. All right. Sounds good. All right. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Federal Chronicles radio show with hosts Jason Cousineau and Eric Renderking Fisk. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our past shows, show notes, and recent articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page. 
patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. From your dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by All of Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric Render King Fisk. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on. 